Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you. I grace to you all in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is risen from the dead, and the power of our Holy Spirit that raises the dead even now. Amen. You know, on every fourth Sunday of Easter, we take time to think of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Jesus Christ, who is crucified and risen, is the Good Shepherd. And the Easter message is that Jesus returns to us and will never let us go. And that assurance is not based on what we do or do not do, but what Jesus does in his role as the Good Shepherd. So it's not about us as sheep, but this is good news today about a shepherd. A shepherd that provides water and food and protection for each of the sheep. In Psalm 23, it reminds us that God is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, our shepherd, who leads us to still waters, brings us to green pastures, restores our soul, comforts us with protection, feeds us in the presence of our enemies, and gives us a place to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is good news. Today's lessons are filled with more hope and encouragement. Let me remind you a little bit of what Nancy read today. In Acts, there is salvation in no one else or anything else. For there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. The Lord is my shepherd. Not just a shepherd, but my shepherd. And I won't be in want. From 1 John, we know love by this, that Jesus laid down his life for us. And this is God's commandment, that we should believe in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and love one another, just as Jesus has commanded us. And from our gospel, John says, or Jesus said in the gospel of John, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well, shepherds, we don't see them too often, but they were a pretty common sight in the time of Jesus' ministry. They were visible at a distance out in the fields that surrounded those ancient communities. Sometimes they even put their flocks right down in the middle of town as they moved them from field to field. Not surprising that the Bible refers to shepherd and shepherding so often. I mean, think about it. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. Lots of the prophets. Amos was a shepherd. Shepherding is... A red thread woven through the scriptures. So people were familiar with the side of shepherds. But I'm guessing they were probably familiar with the character of those shepherds as well. Not all shepherds were good. They were kind of a strange lot. Many were more comfortable sleeping in the fields with their sheep than they were milling around the crowds in the marketplace or in other public spaces. And I guess if the truth be told, shepherding wasn't one of the more respected jobs of society. Shepherds often tended to be people who were more interested in a flask of wine than they were in a promise made. They were probably more interested in the dollar earned than in the value of the work to earn that dollar. But in today's lesson, Jesus says he is the good shepherd. And he takes time to point out the difference between a good shepherd and a hired hand. And the difference becomes really important in the dangerous times. 
being a person of faith may not be dangerous to us these days in this country, might be in others, but what you and I know is that being a follower of Jesus can be really challenging. It's easy to lose our way, and that's why it's important that Jesus, like a shepherd, wants to guide us, wants to lead us away from what is bad and bring us toward what is good for us. And that's what makes Jesus the good shepherd. Jesus wants the best for us. Jesus wants us to be grounded in the grace of God, that grace that is powerful enough to transform us. Jesus wants us to follow him in those places and experiences where our souls can be fed and strengthened. He wants us to live as faithful disciples. Jesus wants to show the world that God is making a difference in our lives. And Jesus wants us to work through you to restore the world. Is it no wonder that Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly? That's why Jesus came as the good shepherd. So that we not just have life and exist, but we have life abundant. Well, life abundant goes for all of the sheep. I saw a video this week and I thought it might be kind of fun to take a look at it. Let's see if if it'll play for us. <laughs> Does life ever feel like that? That that uh Here's the shepherd, finally pulls you out of the, the rut that you find yourself in. You get out and you take two steps forward and boom, you're right back where you started. The good news this day is the good shepherd comes even when we have days like that. But the hired hands, on the other hand, the hired hands aren't out to destroy the sheep. But they just aren't committed enough to risk their lives for their flock. The hired hands are pretending to be shepherds. They're more in it for the cash than genuine care. They have a legitimate, important job, these hired hands. But to do it for themselves with little regard for those entrusted to their care. I think there are a lot of hired hands in our lives both people and institutions that have legitimate and important roles, but who seem to have little or no regard for those they are called to serve or to shepherd. What would some of those be? Well, let me share a couple ideas I had. How about marketing? You know, marketing is, is intent on creating in us a sense of lack that drives us to mindless consumption. I mean, marketing has a role to play in a functioning economy. But marketing has kind of shifted away from sharing information and become more about creating a sense of inadequacy that drives us to address real needs through consumer consumption. We often call it retail therapy. <laughs> It's kind of fun for the moment, but, you know, often after, we don't feel any different. Or how about social media? 
The dominance of social media in our lives is, is greater than ever before. And we know staying connected is incredibly important, especially during this past year. We long to know and to be known by our family, our friends. And social media has helped us tremendously to stay connected with each other. It's been so helpful for church. But at the end of the day, the social media corporation's profits are tied directly to the time that you and I spend on their sites. And what that does is it causes them to create some algorithms that are designed to identify what we like, our inclinations. And those algorithms amplify that. Which means, basically, we spend more time looking at content that has been exactly tailored for you and for me to keep staring at that screen and just to keep swiping so we can see the next one. And there's always the likes and the followers, which don't always build us up, but often make us feel a little more insecure. Or how about government? Government is one of God's great gifts to us. It's an agent by which God cares for all of God's people. But in recent years, the emphasis is increasingly on inviting us to define ourselves in terms of what or who we're against rather than what or who we're for. As well as fostering a negative identity of, op of the opposition that is too easily and quickly all about hate and sometimes violence. What all three of these hired hands have in common is the emphasis on self above others. They also have kind of a false narrative that talk about scarcity, insecurity, and fear. So really what I'm saying is the message of the hired hands in our lives, not just these three, but there are a lot of other hired hands that we, well, find ourselves in their hands with in our lives. And their message that they tell us is this. You don't have enough. You are not enough. You should be afraid. Image is everything. You are what you own. And what's beneath all those messages is this. Justify yourself. Justify your worth. Justify you as a person. Justify your very existence. I don't know about you, but I've heard those messages so long and so often that I begin to believe them. The hired hands, they're eager to have followers. But when things get really rough, they run away. We all long and hunger to be known and, and to know. But if we believe the message of the hired hands, we're going to find ourselves empty and anxious. We're going to find ourselves fixed on our fears, fixed on our separation, fixed on our, our insecurities. 
But today, in contrast to that, Jesus, the good shepherd, comes. The one who cares for us. The one who knows us. The one who is willing to die for us. The one who says, I will be your constant companion. The good shepherd says, it's about sacrificial love. That sacrificial love is the source of his power. It's an enduring example for all who follow this good shepherd. You know, we celebrate Easter as the triumph of sacrificial love embodied by God the Son and validated by God the Father in the resurrection. It's, no easy, it's so easy to overlook Easter as simply something that was past tense or once and done. But the reality is that God the Spirit continues to be at work in you and me, drawing us away from those hired hands and those messages and back into the good news of the Good Shepherd who says we are loved, who tells us about the sacrificial love of Jesus. Is it no wonder that the old pastor John, in writing this letter to these house churches who were struggling with what it meant to be followers of Jesus in their day, says, we know love. You know what love is. It's that Jesus laid down his life for you. You see, love in John's letter is not something you define. Love is something you do. And love is what Jesus did for us on the cross and in the empty tomb. So active faith is not just something to believe. It's a way of life. It's to be practiced in love. We are now apprentices of this love of Jesus, learning a whole new way to be human, that we're, we're walking alongside, being a part of God's revolution of love. We're invited to join God in doing what God does, bring healing and restoration and hope to our world. You know, today we are blessed to have families join us, the people of Zion, in our discipleship journey. Yes, imagine that. The Good Shepherd is calling to his beloved children and inviting them into a community. John, the disciple who is writing this good news, understands that those who see, those who hear, those who believe and follow Jesus belong in his community, his flock. And that's what Jesus does is gather the flock. What you and I do is we provide a space where all are welcome. Belonging to this community, God's flock, is not just about learning the right knowledge of what it means to be a Lutheran or a Christian. It's about living out our baptism as a way of life. It's putting together what we believe with the way we live. And we're invited to be the community of the Good Shepherd. To receive this promise of Jesus' presence. To know that Jesus is protecting us. That we are empowered and propelled by this promise of love and security. And that we have a better message than the hired hands. We're sent out to tell people that they are enough. You are enough, totally enough. 
that you are a child of God, that you have more than enough for yourself and plenty to share. You are beloved by God. Not because of what you did or will do, but because you are. You don't have to fear because the Good Shepherd laid down his life and took it up again for you. And now this God, this Good Shepherd, is with you and for you and will be with you forever. We're not in this life alone. The Good Shepherd who knows us, cares for us, nourishes us, promises to walk with us through any of the days, no matter how dark the valleys or they may be. When you and I hunger for connection in our society where so much is about us as individuals, we are called into this community. When we feel our loneliness and our isolation and our alienation and hopelessness gathering up inside of us. The Good Shepherd comes and meets those deepest yearnings by offering as an alternative all of our fears and separation and insecurities. You see, the good news is our God has come to be among us. Our God loves us deeply, knows us profoundly, walks with us through all times in our lives, no matter how long or how dark the valley. And the power, the presence, the promise of the Good Shepherd comes to you and to me this day. Do you hear it? Do you hear the voice of the Good Shepherd calling you? Calling you by name? Answering his voice? You see, our Good Shepherd is welcoming the sheep, inviting us to live into the hope and the dreams that God has for all of God's children. Maybe you need to hear that voice of Jesus again. He says, I am the Good Shepherd. I lay down my life for you. I pull you out of that pit, and you run a little bit and jump right back in. I will pull you out again. You know what real love is? Love is... Jesus Christ laying down his life for you. God isn't just a shepherd. God is your shepherd, my shepherd. There is salvation by no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. And we are called to love one another. Just as God in Jesus has loved us. The Good Shepherd is beckoning you. Can you hear him calling your name? Beloved child of God. Singing out your name, inviting you. Soothing your fears, saying, I am coming to you. Will you follow the voice of the Good Shepherd? Will you go where the Good Shepherd is calling you? Will you let the Good Shepherd love you? Will you let the Good Shepherd carry you when you're wounded and heal your loneliness? Will you trust the Good Shepherd with your very life? Today we have this promise. Surely, surely the Good Shepherd's goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and that we will dwell 
in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And I lay my down, my life for you. I love you, God says. And that love will never be broken. Thanks be to God that we have a good shepherd. Amen.